especially attending these networking events where not only was it very male dominated, but a lot of the advice that we get about careers and building your career was around leaning in, right? It was about owning your ground and being that boss woman, but also maybe being a bit mean. And we're both looking at each other being like, we're nice girls. (laughs) How are we ever going to do this? Plus, there's no one that is in a senior position that A, would advocate for us or B, looks like us. We've been in many situations before where we saw other people getting opportunities simply by the way they looked. And I could only imagine what it felt like to to come from a even more different socioeconomic background and even more of a diverse background. So that was super important for me when I was thinking about accessibility, because that's actually a key piece to networking. When you think about networking, a lot of it is going outside of what you know. Welcome to Wave Social Podcast, powered by Arcade Studios. My name's Mike. I'm here with my co-host, Mitzi, and we've curated a show for digital marketers, advertisers, and modern entrepreneurs who want to stop chasing the tide and start making waves online. Each episode, we'll sit down with the tastemakers and strategic minds behind some of the most engaged communities and up-and-coming brands. We'll pull back the curtain on their strategies and experiences to uncover the methodology behind their seismic impact. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. And we're back. Episode two, season four. On today's episode, we have Istiana Bestari and Rachel Wong, co-founders of Monday Girl, which happens to be Canada's fastest growing newsletter and community for young professional women. Monday Girl started as an event series, but expanded into a full-fledged digital ecosystem that includes a newsletter, social media communities that you have to check out, especially on Instagram because it's excellent. And most recently, a podcast. Yeah, topics included in this episode are the early days of Monday Girl, how they hosted great events that people actually wanted to show up to, networking, why it sucks, but how there's so much power in connection, building content streams like a great email newsletter, and now a podcast, why email is more relevant than ever, trust me, it is, why the 9 to 5 model just doesn't sit right with Isdiana and Rachel and their thoughts on a better approach to work. Cool. Packed full of goodies. Lots of good stuff. Speaking of goodies, we got some good stuff for merch this year. Mm -hmm. This season. Season. This is the second merch drop we've done this year. That's right. We're crazy. But we mentioned this last episode. We're mentioning it again in case you're new here. But we got socks. They say heat waves on them because we're in the summer and it's hot. They're super cute. Yeah. They're They're great socks for sleeping in. They're super stylish. But the problem is the way Mitzi wears her socks they often find their way into the bottom of our bed and there there's a stockpile. So I hope that we just sell out so that you don't have any. <laughs> yeah, right. Except you take them from the bed, put them in the laundry, and then they sit in the dryer for three weeks. Well, I can't do it all. <laughs> wow. Anyways, we got a Nalgene bottle, mm-hmm. um, which we actually just found out today that men need to drink 3.7 liters of water every day and women need to drink 2.7 liters. Huh. I wonder why there's such a big discrepancy. The way you said that sounded very <laughs> scripted. But uh, yeah, I want to know where that extra be. liter goes to. Yeah, where does it go to? <laughs> I think it could be that we're just extra emotional. That would guys. check out. Definitely more emotional no, than it's us. it's definitely more about a body mass thing. Mm-mm. No, I'm going to take the tears. It's a whole liter of tears. Man, I have Or sweat. You guys are way sweatier than girls. Settle down. 
I have been more Especially emotional in the lately. Summer. I don't know who watched the movie Fatherhood with Kevin Hart, but literally every three minutes I was weeping. Not just like get feeling emotional, like weeping. Yeah, you I had were. to recover. It took three days. Anyways, we got an Algene. Mm-hmm. It comes with stickers. It's brown and the stickers are really cool. And then we also got a really nice smelling candle. Yeah, check out the candle. We worked with this really awesome woman who runs this company called Mala Brand, and their candles are awesome. It smells really amazing. It takes you to the beach. It's Mm. called Out of Office to kind of commemorate our out of office lifestyle this summer. Yeah. All y'all listening, we all need a vacation after this last year or two. Yeah. It's been crazy. So check it out. Okay. With that done, I'm going to read a review. We've got one from OgoGo228. What a name. People got crazy <laughs> names on iTunes. But OgoGo says, absolutely inspirational source for gaining tips and tricks of marketing industry. It helps to find new approaches in my day-to-day job and industry itself. So happy that I found you guys. Wow. Thank you so much, wow. Ogo, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Let's go. Speaking of go, go, let's go into the episode. All right, Rachel and Isiana of Monday Girl. It's so good to have you on the show. We've been looking forward to this. Rachel, I want to start with you. You're both working in different cities. How did you get together? What was the story? And what's it like working on either ends of the country? Yeah, thanks for having us, first of all. We're so excited for this. So currently, the situation is I'm working out of Vancouver. I'm just pretending to be a local, but I'm actually from Toronto, so I'm based out there. The whole situation was that my boyfriend's family actually lives in Calgary. So he headed there for the holidays. And then when he realized how bad the COVID situation was in Toronto, we were just like way too nervous to go back living with my family. So we decided to pack the bags, head further out West. And my work currently is remote with my full-time job. So it definitely works out that way. In terms of how we met, it's, it's actually a funny story. We both went to Western University. We actually live in the same residence together. And ironically, we actually never met in first year and we only connected with each other briefly when I was doing makeup for one of my friends who was a photographer and Isiana was a model. And we met each other. It was a very brief chat while doing her makeup. It was super early in the morning, but we followed each other in social media. And I think this is probably a year after. I think we both graduated. I just realized that she was a super cool, creative person posting different things. You know, she was doing YouTube. So I decided to reach out. I grabbed a coffee with her and actually had our very first coffee chat. It seemed like we disliked the same things, which is coming out of school, everyone's selling a network. You go to these networking events, they suck. So on a deeper level, we got talking and the idea of Monday Girl actually came from there. So that actually originated from our very first coffee chat with each other. Amazing. So it was like the first initial, like your first date. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was magic from day one. Can you, okay, tell our listeners about Monday Girl. What is Monday Girl? Who is it for? And where are you guys at with it now? So ECN and I started Monday Girl because we saw firsthand how the traditional ways of networking just simply do not work for young, diverse women. You have to go to networking events pre-COVID that sucked, cold emails to people that you don't know. And especially right now with the pandemic, there's so much less opportunity to meet people and the list goes on. So there really isn't a better way that we saw to grow your career, especially for minority or come from a different background. Those accessibility gaps to the right events and people become wider. So 
We want to change that. So you can think of Monday Girl as a new way to build your career. It's a career platform for all women, no matter their background, who want to build their careers, meet like-minded women and mentors who look like them. Yeah. And just jumping in here, and we do that through our weekly newsletter that goes out every Monday morning to now over 4,000 women across Canada with career tips and reading recommendations, our job board, and now our membership platform called Social Club, which is Social Club is where you can go for resume reviews, mentorship, meeting other members, digital courses, and resources, things like, you know, how to ask for a raise or what does a killer cover letter look like? How can you pitch yourself to partners? Lots more. And to answer your question about like where the name came from, Rachel came up with the name right away on the same day that we sat down for that first coffee. She came up with the name right on the spot. And it was just perfect because we in our community, were all just really ambitious women. And we want to create a life for ourselves that we're really excited about. Like one where you're not dreading Monday rolling around because you're actually excited about what you do. And I think that Mondays get such like a bad rap. So it was just a fun twist on the whole TGIF thing. It's TGIM now. <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah, that's good. Changing people's perspectives. One clarification, is it only for Canadian people or is it like in the US as well? Who's your audience and where are they? Yeah, great question. So at the moment, we're fully digital. So we're accessible all across Canada. I think we really started the Canadian spin on it just because there were cool things in the States and we realized there weren't enough cool things in Canada. And I think so much of it is, you know, seeing local people that you really admire and being in that same network as them, it kind of gives it that extra feel of community. And it's really cool because we started off just in Toronto, but we've actually really grown past that, especially with the social club. We see members from Montreal, Vancouver. So it's actually really nice to see during COVID we're able to grow our reach nationally. Yeah, I love hearing that. I feel like a lot of businesses have had to like pivot and go digital during COVID. So it's really cool that you're able to build a community outside of just Canada, even go beyond that. But that's super exciting. I am a follower. I am a fan. I am a subscriber to your newsletter. And you guys do such a good job with your content. And you have such great practical advice with some like really aesthetic images and graphics. I'm just so impressed with that. How do you guys keep up with all that content? Like what's your team like and who's like the brainchild behind putting that together? Well, thank you so much. That is so good to hear. We always love hearing that like our content resonates. And I think that it actually is really easy because for us, when we started creating Monday Girl, we were just creating content for ourselves. And like, what challenges were we faced with? What do we want to learn? What do we want to hear more about? And now it's just like as simple as asking our community, what challenges are they facing? What do they want to learn more about? What are their stuck points? And we actually did book one-to-one a few coffee chats with some of our members just to like here face to face, like how we could help them, what were they going through? We also like to post a lot of like Instagram question boxes where people can submit requests for content. So a lot of it is just like answering the questions that we ourselves had starting out, you know, in our own careers. There's just so much to learn and industries change all the time. And I think that like I haven't even scratched the surface with what content that we want to put out there. I guess in terms of how our team works. So Rachel is more on the business strategy, finance side, like all the things that I'm terrible at, partnerships. And I'm focused more on like the creative content production, branding, marketing, that kind of stuff. But yeah, in terms of content, I always feel like there's so much more content that we can do because of how fast industries change and like pandemic change the way that we work and build your career. So we haven't even scratched the surface yet, it feels like. (laughs) 
That's so cool. I have kind of like a qualitative and quantitative question about your content and resources. On the quantitative side, I'd be curious to know like which types of content perform the best, like engagement wise. But then I'd also like to know from you qualitatively, like what do you feel has been the most valuable content that you've put out from like a resourcing standpoint, considering the people you're sharing it with? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for us, our strategy has always been like, how can we share bite-sized value that would make someone want to save that tidbit like of new knowledge or share it with a friend because they thought it was helpful? Yeah. So I think a lot of the stuff that does really well for us is graphic type content, you know, carousels, savable. It's the type of content because we know our audience, we're all on Instagram or on social media. So we're in the places that they're at, but it's all about communicating something that's really impactful, useful, valuable, related to, you know, business and your career and just communicate in like that in a very relevant, quick, memorable, relatable way. Reels do really well for us. We're really focused on that. And then of course, like our newsletter, that that's another outlet for us. I love that. We're going to get into newsletters a bit more in the, in the show here, but I wanted to ask you about Reels. As I was saying, like, as someone who has to create content for clients, like we were so impressed with your content. And I'm wondering if you could share any tips or anything that you've learned when it comes to making reels. It feels like you've got lots of really great reels on your page. And of course, that's like a hot new feature for Instagram. So for anyone else who might be listening, who kind of feels maybe a bit intimidated by reels, is there any lessons that you've learned that you can share with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. I think with reels, it's super important to capture attention in the first three seconds of a video starting. So you want to make sure that you're clear on what is someone going to get out of watching this video? Like why should they continue watching? So a few ways to do that is adding like really quick movements, like moving into the frame in the first three seconds or like pointing to a title so it catches your eye, like that movement. And also using text overlays and titles that capture attention. So like addressing a pain point of something that you want to fix or learn more about. So, you know, for us, it's like three smart questions to ask in your next interview. Like that's, that hits you right away. Whoever's in the video will point to it, make a motion. And then also I think it helps to add subtitles or pick the keywords or key phrases and use lots of text overlays. So it just really sinks in for your viewers. I think accessibility is very important. And knowing that most people on Instagram are like in a relaxed state, they're scrolling for entertainment, you're often doing it kind of mindlessly, and you're not in a turned on, ready to learn like career mode type state of mind. So just making sure that your reel is extremely digestible and easy to follow. So you don't have to do much work to understand what's going on. And then lastly, also for us, I think it helps to write a script that way you can make sure that what you're saying is very clear, concise, and also filming just goes way faster that way. Unless your content is like, you know, humor or on the go on the fly type moments or fashion that wouldn't apply. But yeah, I think those are some really helpful tips. Yeah, that's a great tip. Scripting real is awesome. Okay, I want to talk about newsletters. So I'm a subscriber. I'm a big fan. And I know it's an anchor piece of the Monday Girl digital ecosystem. So why newsletters? That's a great question. And we're so happy to hear that you're subscribed. I think to us, the reason we decided to go the email route, the inbox route was thinking about Monday mornings is something that, you know, personally excites me, right? I'm excited to start my work week. I I know for a fact, that's not how everyone feels. But 
the idea of getting something inspiring in your inbox related to your career, maybe fashion, maybe something cool that you haven't noticed before, that's exciting, right? And having been a longtime subscriber of some of the top newsletters, like some examples are like the hustle that's more tech focused or the skim that's like news for women. I found their content very text heavy, like lots of it was like really news heavy, really tech focused. And I also felt like it didn't really relate to the audience as much. There's always a bit of a gap because they were very American and like not Canadian enough too. So the way that I really see it, and actually one of the Monday girls that we met with, she described it perfectly. She views her newsletter as, you know, grabbing a great brunch with her girlfriends. Like during brunch, she discussed serious topics like your careers or interview that you just did. But then you also talk about like cool clothes or like, you know, there's this hair clip that you've been like eyeing and that's really cool. And everyone's wearing that. So a combination of everything. So it's kind of like your best friend that's giving you that cool advice, but also the cool trendy tips that you really want on your Monday mornings. Yeah, I think that's great because as much as lots of people care about their careers, they also care about other things outside of that. I love that to see that you've touched on a few different topics in your newsletters. There is a misconception, and I'm saying this because we work in the industry as well, but lots of people have a misconception that emails and e-newsletters are less relevant than they used to be. Can you, on behalf of all of us email marketers, debunk that for us? I think that this is a really great question. I think newsletters are only as relevant to your audience as your content engagement is to them. So we see it as a way to engage with our community and members on a much more personal level than our social media. So these are members that you know really resonate with the Monday Girl mission and our brand. They're the ones DMing us on Instagram if we miss one week of the newsletter. So these are people that are just further along the the funnel, if you will. We really see it as the top of the funnel is social media, that's short from content. And then people who are really interested and really engaged, they're really seeking that career advice. They're looking for that long-term content through email, through the newsletter. And I think one more thing to add to is at the end of the day, from a brand standpoint too, you own your email list versus you actually don't have control over social media platforms. For example, you could lose your Instagram account one day and lose all those followers and then build that again from scratch. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Totally. And it's so smart. Like we say the same thing to our clients who don't see the value of it. I'm like, these are people who have signed up to hear from you and their inbox. There's so much value to that. Mm-hmm. Apart from just like converting to a sale, like you have the opportunity to create a relationship. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that it's just, it's important to have compelling content that people actually like. <laughs> yeah, and we do have a pretty wide range of listeners here. Like some are from the brand side, some are more from the agency side, some are more junior, some have been in it for a long time. Speaking to the part of our audience that's a little bit more new to this, or maybe they've been doing something that relates to this in a job, but they're thinking about starting their own 
Monday girl sort of project or business, what are some tips you can offer to them practically on how to, first off, launch a newsletter that people will be interested in, but then also keep evolving it in a compelling and valuable way so that that intimate conversation remains engaging for those who choose to subscribe? Yeah, that's a great question. Number one, it's super important just to make sure that your email feels like an absolute joy to open. It has to delight someone. So, you know, that starts with the subject line and it continues throughout the entire body of the email. And because people's inboxes are just flooded, I think inbox zero is forever a myth and we spend hours emailing. You just can't waste people's time. There's no point in sending out an email if you're not delivering something that's helpful or fascinating or thoughtful to receivers. So first, I think it's important to think about why you're sending an email in the first place and not just doing it because you know that it's a direct line to your customers or audience or because everyone else is doing it and you don't want to miss out. But secondly, you can also kind of make it more personal because it's an email directly to someone. So you can, you know, use merge tags to make sure that you're addressing people personally by their name or personalizing certain components of the email. And versus on social media, you're talking to a general audience, a group of people. So it just feels a little bit more personal when you can personalize it that way. It's awesome. I want to pivot a little bit to events. I know that you guys used to run events pre-COVID and we all are so excited for the day where we can gather in person one day, hopefully soon. But take us back to that first event. What was it for? And were you nervous? Like run us through the emotions of doing that. It felt like forever ago. It was actually a brunch at a local Toronto restaurant called Her Father's Cider. Fun fact, we've actually went back and done several other events there too to kind of re-encapsulate where we started. And it's actually funny, since then, we've actually hosted over 18 plus sold out events, our largest one over 300 guests attended. So when we're thinking about that first event, it really was a brunch where we invited a bunch of people through Facebook. We created a Facebook event. There was no tickets. You could just show up, bring a friend. And we made those reservations and everyone paid for their own brunch. But it was crazy because at the very end, everybody who was leaving was saying like, can we stay here? Like, can we like go somewhere else? It's like, I met all these new people. I've never done this before. Like, this is like so, so interesting. And we actually heard that people got job opportunities out of that one interaction and the demand was there. So I think we really realized, Hey, we're onto something. This wasn't just something as simple as a brunch or really was a way to get new groups of people into one room. That's amazing. Honestly, I'd go for that brunch anytime. That sounds so fun to like connect with other people, meet new people. Tell us what are events looking like now for you? I know we're still a little bit of ways from doing like you know, the 300 person events because of COVID, but what are your plans for in-person events? And are you hoping to do that differently than you have in the past? I would say the last event that we had, it was a women in media event. I think at that point, finally, me and Isiana looked at each other and we're like, wow, I think we've nailed this event thing. We were always stressed. I mean, like, to be honest, we're very stressed during that one event, but I think we really understood what it really meant to have a Monday Girl event. So it was all about creating an exciting, fun, comfortable experience where women could come, they could dress up without feeling judged and like it was a pretentious place and meet new people, but also leave with a fabulous goodie bag, you know, get some free things, but also, you know, learn something. I think that's the one key thing that we 
found not only drove sales and traffic to Monday Girl, but also really enhanced the overall experience was the fact that we were able to get some really incredible speakers in the room. That was a key piece for us. In terms of what it looks like after COVID, praying that things in Toronto open up soon. We'd love, love to do another in-person event soon. But for the time being, we have our social club tastemaker series. So it's all digital. We have intimate settings where we have really fantastic guests come on. Most recently, we had the co-founders of Three Ships Beauty, who've launched, I believe, in over 500 Target stores. And they're actually Canadian uh, co-founders in Clean Beauty. So that was really cool. And we actually had members purchase their products right after with a, with a promo code. And they just truly enjoyed hearing all their tidbits of advice. And it was it was very real advice. That's that's what I'd say. That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more about the social club and how people can experience some of that digitally? Yeah, so it's a fully digital platform. So you can log in, you have your member dashboard. And when you log in, you'll see like a job board with new job opportunities. You'll get invites to the Tastemaker series. We have different events going on every single month. We also have member-only cocktail hours. So that way you can connect with other members and everyone's from across Canada. So you don't have to be in one place. You also get member discounts and you can also set up coaching calls one-on-one with someone to get feedback on your resume. We also have a new feature adding next month. It's just going to be, you can book one-to-one like virtual coffee chats with mentors and get feedback on anything you want for 30 minutes. So ongoing, we'll be adding lots more resources and digital content courses. Every month we send out what we call a personalized success kit. So like your monthly success kit and you know, it sends you a tailored tip that's related to your career goals and your current challenges. And then also some invites, discounts, you know, everything that's tailored relevant to our audience. So that's basically kind of social club in a nutshell. It's just like an exciting way to build your career. It's not boring and it's not awkward. It just makes doing all of this a little less hard because starting our careers, like Rachel and I, we were just figuring it out on our own. We were by ourselves and it's lonely doing that. So this was our kind of response to that. Yeah. I mean, I totally relate. I remember doing the same thing and trying to go to an event where you don't know anybody and like you're fresh out of university or college or whatever and trying to make connections with people. It's it's hard. And some of these traditional networking events can be really stuffy and maybe mm-hmm. also feel like a little, I don't want to say fake, but like it just feels like you're putting on a front and you can't really be who you are. You yeah, it feels like, forced. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's so nice that you're creating this safe space for people who, you know, it's a generation maybe behind us who are trying to figure out their footing in this, their professional life. Yeah, exactly. You nailed it. Like, that's the reason why we started this. Because Rachel and I, when we first moved to Toronto, we would attend these, you know, business networking events. And it was just like very slimy feeling, awkward, you know, handing out your business card, shaking hands and very male dominated spaces a lot of the time too. So this was just like, okay, we need to, let's revamp everything because it's not working for us. I love that. And I want to kind of double down a little bit on what you said at the top of our interview about creating spaces that were safe for people who might be a bit more diverse as, you know, a woman of color myself, like I'm really excited to hear that. And I just wonder if you could just maybe speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Isiana and I would always talk about, especially attending these networking events where not only was it very male dominated, but 
a lot of the advice that we get about careers and building your career was around leaning in. It was about owning your ground and being that boss woman, but also maybe being a bit mean. And we're both looking at each other being like, we're nice girls. (laughs) Like, how are we ever going to do this? Plus, there's no one that is in a senior position that A, would advocate for us or B, looks like us. So we've been in many situations before where we saw other people getting opportunities simply by the way they looked. And I could only imagine what it felt like to to come from a even more different socioeconomic background and even more of a diverse background. So that was super important for me when I was thinking about accessibility, because that's actually a key piece to networking. When you think about networking, a lot of it is going outside of what you know. But if the opportunity has never been presented to you and you don't even know that this network exists outside of you, how do you even get there? How do we connect A to B? And I think that's super important with what we're doing with Monday Girl is we're trying to reach out to women that look different, who don't have a traditional background. And we really want to connect them with mentors that do look like them because they're, they're out there, we promise, but also making them aware of the opportunities that are available to other people and making sure that they're top of mind for that. That's so cool. I think like we've been talking about value and now we've been talking about accessibility. And I think obviously a great accessible way to provide resources and information is through a podcast. And we saw, (laughs) yeah, we saw just yesterday you announced that you're going to be doing a podcast. Talk to us about that. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, so this is also, it's a project that we've wanted to start for quite a while now, but we've kind of pushed it down and now we're finally doing it. So lots to learn, lots of audio tech problems as well. Yeah, so we actually have two other team members, Monica and Nicole. So Monica's our editorial director. She heads the news newsletter and Nicole is our digital director. So she had social and they both have very bubbly personalities. They bounce off each other. And so they're our co-hosts of the podcast. It's called TGIM Podcast. It's launching uh, June 28th on Spotify and Apple Music. So it'll be us asking all the questions that we want to know from different women from different industries. You know, how did they get started? Just connecting different voices. And yeah, it's really important to us to have representation and be able to showcase the stories and insights from different women from all around, no matter what your background is, from different industries. So in a nutshell, yeah, that's what it's about. Love that. Can't wait to listen. Yeah, congrats. It's so fun. 28th, that's literally three days away. So this Monday. We'll be listening for sure. Isiana, I I know that in the past you've said that you never wanted a nine to five lifestyle. When did you discover that about yourself and what advice can you share for anyone who might be feeling the same way? Yeah, I think I always knew this about myself since I 
really struggled to wake up early since high school and still to this day, right after graduating university, I started a production company for photo and video with my boyfriend and was freelancing right away from the beginning of my career. So I was my own boss. I was working with my own clients and and I I had a lot of fun, but it was also very difficult because you're, you know, it's unstable freelancing. So then around 2019, I kind of hit a wall and I felt like I just wasn't learning or growing anymore. And I wanted to try something new and kind of surround myself with different people. So I actually did get a nine to five job for a year. It was my first real job. And I loved the job. I loved the experience. I learned so much, but the lifestyle, like I just can't do that. So I went back to freelancing after the year. I wake up so late. I go to bed so late and that's just what works for me. So I think that trying to create an alignment between the lifestyle that you fit best and want with building a career that also like where you're doing things and spending your time on things that excite you and energize you, that's where you want to be. I know that that's a huge privilege to be able to get there and do that. And also from my experience, freelancing can be very unstable and risky and you have to invest so much time and energy. And you also have to have some savings to get to a point where it works. So no matter what space you're in, it's always a trade-off. Yeah, I mean, but figuring out like what your natural rhythm is, I think is so important even to people who are working nine to five lifestyle. But I think that's such a great self-awareness. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you were just talking about too should be a signal to employers like it's time to yeah. to change it up a little bit, you know, because if really there's a whole group of people that don't jive well with that nine to five format of working, which I think is actually a lot of people, then employers are missing out on great talent just because of the like the work structure that they have. And I think if anything, like beyond that, COVID has shown us that it's time to reinvent the way that we work. So any employers listening, us included, <laughs> I think it's time to pay attention and Let be a little bit in. more flexible. Yeah. Like start later and later, work from home, work at the office, whatever it takes to do your best work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I was like, why don't companies ever have like, you know, noon to eight or like just options? <laughs> There's half the world are not morning people. So <laughs> our producer Brad is like, yes. Praise him. <laughs> he's he's on the same page. But that's awesome. Rachel, I wanted to call out that you were named Connector of the Year. That's no gangster. big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting because I feel like this is something that's always been something that people have called me, actually, like even when I was super young, which is which is odd. I think it's because by default I'm an extrovert. I am that person that goes up to you and just like compliments your dress like at Whole Foods and you're like, okay, thanks. And I think I've always been that person that just automatically feels like it's necessary to invite someone that I just met to like a dinner or something I planned at the expense of my friends. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I really love the idea of the more the merrier. And I think that's actually the reason why the idea of Monday Girl 2 and this idea of community has really been so important to me because growing up, I've always loved that. I always liked inviting people, being really inclusive. I think Isiana actually shared similar backgrounds growing up where we both were bullied. So I think that's also maybe, maybe the piece of me that's really trying to overcome that and just show that you can be nice, you can include people. And it's actually way better when you do that. I love that so much. I think anyone who is like naturally better at that and can pull other people along and be like making room for it at the table for them is just so important. We all need someone like that in our lives. We need we need people like that now more mm-hmm. than ever. I Absolutely. think like, in such a polarized society as we've seen this last year. 
Rachel, do you feel like you mentioned it was kind of like a natural thing that you've always done, but as you grew into your, you know, professional role, is it a skill you've had to nurture a bit more and be more intentional about? Yeah, that's a great question. In terms of nurturing it, I think the the key thing is as I've grown along in my career and progressed in my full-time role, I, I work full-time at Uber Eats and I've worked across different departments. So sales, marketing, operations, my role is much more operational. But through that, I've been able to meet tons of different people across different spaces, not just tech, but also just through the Toronto scene. So I think with that comes also more responsibility. You can definitely use that to mentor other people and connect them with other people that could be, you know, where they want to be five years or 10 years from now. So I think with that, that's really exciting to me, the fact that I can actually say, I know someone that does what you want to do. Let me just shoot over an email. So I think that's, that's something that's really exciting to me. I've heard people describe Chris Jenner that way. So uh, <laughs> you're the Chris Jenner of, of Toronto, but much younger. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that comparison. I have my reality TV show fix. So that, that's, good. Nice. that's a good one for me. <laughs> nice. So you work at Uber Eats, as you mentioned, and you're also, of course, working at Monday Girl. Where does the makeup artist stuff fit in into all of that? Unfortunately, with COVID, of course, weddings for the most part are are canceled, especially in Toronto. So for the past two years, it's been very odd actually not being at these weddings, waking up at like 4 a.m. just to drive down to like Muskoka or or Graydon Hall to, to go to a wedding. I think the way I've really looked at it is it's always been a passion for me. I've loved makeup as a kid too. So doing that in my spare time where I can on the weekends and being a part of a really special event, even for strangers, is just so exciting to me. And I've been very lucky to do it with my mom too. My mom is definitely a role model for me. She actually is a two-time breast cancer survivor. And at the age of 50, she actually decided to go to hair school to become a professional hairstylist. Wow, we need to have her on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we've been doing weddings together. So it's very much like family time for me as well. Question for both of you. You've got obviously some great momentum with Monday Girl. But from the way you've been answering these questions, you also have a lot of vision and a lot of ground you haven't covered yet. So can you give a little bit more color to where you're going next, at, like in the short term, but even more so, like what's the bigger long term, like 50,000 foot view? Our North Star has been as long as we can help our community and like help the girl, because like we recognize ourselves in all of our community members, like we were in their place at one time and we all kind of relate to each other. So I think it's like, doesn't matter what we do, whether we have a podcast or like whatever platforms exist in five years from now, as long as that we are providing support for our community and be able to advance your careers and just have an easier time than we did, that's happiness for us. So I think, yeah, like we would love to expand, continue across Canada, kind of like essentially dominate Canada if we can be like the number one source for career support for women and just be like that source that everyone thinks of. And then from there, we would love to expand internationally, globally. Yeah, I think that's what we'd like to do. I'm going to add on to that as well. If you look at the the Monday Girl website, one of our taglines is welcome to the, the boys club, but for all women. That's something we really want to introduce is the idea that there is a community for all women. There is a community for for you, no matter if you feel like you are different or you feel like you come from a different background. The other thing that we really want to try to do 
and it seems very lofty, but I feel like it's possible, is to make networking for women obsolete. I feel like we should get to this point where one day you don't have to do all these weird cold emails or go to an uncomfortable, stuffy networking event that's filled by men. I think there really could be a vision where Monday Girl supports and connects women across the globe. I love that. Let's go. So good. Exciting. Okay, we're coming to the end of our time together. And I just want to ask you before we let you go, who is making waves right now and why? I feel like there's so many people out there and mine is kind of funny, but I personally, I've been really loving VSP consignment. So it's actually a designer consignment vintage boutique in Toronto and I think Calgary as well. And usually the reason why is because you don't see too much of a brand presence or local small vintage shops really taking over social media in the way that they have. I think they have such like recognizable, exciting stories and regular series. So like the way that they take their visuals of their just clothing pieces, um, I'm just excited to see every single week, even though if I'm not shopping and I think they've just done like a really good job at flipping the typical experience of a consignment store and building an elevated brand experience on social. So I would check them out. Yeah. Mine's a bit different. I had a really hard time when Isiana was talking about this, who I thought mine is actually going to be Mindy Kaling. I know she's very much more of a celebrity, but I'd say she's definitely someone that makes her mark and really, really pushes diversity. So she definitely puts her money where her mouth is. I love that she's been able to produce, introduce really diverse casts in her TV shows and everything that she's produced. And I also really like the fact that on social, she keeps a very consistent and very authentic personality. And I think that's really nice when you're going through Instagram and it feels like there's so much Photoshop and there's so much very inauthentic images. So it's really nice to see something so real. Yeah, I'm a fan of her for sure. She's awesome. Well, great. This has been such a good conversation. Thank you both. One thing we want to make sure we get before you leave is where listeners can connect with you after this. You can find us at mondaygirl.ca. You can find Social Club there, our newsletter, and get all on board on Monday Girl and join the community at that website in three seconds or less. You can also find us on Instagram at mondaygirlto. And then, of course, our new podcast launching on Spotify or Apple Music, TGIM Podcast. And that's it. Nice. Thank you guys so much. Oh, do you want to drop your personal handles? No pressure, but feel free to drop them if you want. Totally. I'll drop mine. So on Instagram, you can find me at underscore Rachel Wong, Rachel just with an E-L. And you can feel free to message me if you have any questions about your career, just want to connect. And then of course, through mondaygirl.ca, we will be hosting you know, mentorship chats and I'm always happy to, to connect there as well. Yeah. And then for myself, I'm on all the platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. If you just search my name, I-S-T-I-A-N-A, I usually come up, I guess, as the first one because there's not many people with my name. Yeah. I'm on YouTube, TikTok. And yeah, like Rachel said, feel free to send me a message. Rachel and I are both open always for connecting, coffee chats, mentorship, anything like that. Awesome. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you for sharing all of your knowledge and we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. This episode of Wave Social Podcast is powered by Arcade Studios. Show notes for this episode and other episodes can be found at wavesocialpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you've got questions, comments, or suggestions for future shows, hit us up at wavesocial on Instagram. Thanks for joining us.